Continental Soccer Association is coming to Springfield. It's all here. Fast kicking, low scoring, and ties. <laughs> you bet. Hey, Dad, how come you never taken us to see a soccer game? I don't know. You'll see all your favorite soccer stars, like Ariaga, Ariaga 2, Bariaga, Aruglia, and Pizza. And that's right, that must mean it is time for the World Cup here on the Sports Cubicle with the one and only Devin Tingle, Paul Shavari, the marvelous one, Dan Marbert, throughout the entire show. I'm Mike Mercado, and there is a lot to get into, guys, as so much has happened in Qatar, 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 as we have seen controversy on the pitch and controversy outside of it, whether it's from players or media. So this is something I want to get into as we are now in the holiday season. We are now really in group play. It's going to get exciting when we get to the elimination rounds. But as we are celebrating Thanksgiving here in the United States, as the holiday season rolls around, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the matchups that we are seeing here. But more importantly, what is happening kind of globally in these games and kind of the ramifications of what we've seen over the last few years heading into these games. And, you know, I, I think... For me personally, I can lose myself in sport. I can kind of, I can do the, the separation of the artists and the arts. But it's been a very hard World Cup to do that. When there's so many exciting matchups. We had that Poland-Mexico matchup. We've seen the upset of Argentina. Paul is over here teaching us to X's and O's because there's investment in it. You know, the United States is actually in this tournament. Had a crazy game against Wales. And behind all that is the controversy of where the game is located, FIFA and the corruptness that is the most corrupt organization in sports. So there's no two better people I want to talk to with with than somebody who's a huge sports fan who loves all sports in Devon and somebody who loves this game in Paul. So, Paulie, I'll start with you. Obviously, the excitement of the World Cup, the game's delivering, but heading into it, knowing where destination was going to be, your thoughts heading into these World Cups? A lot of red flags. You know, we heard about the migrant workers, you know, the, the conditions that they worked in, um, you know, the just the amount of money that was probably given to buy votes to get this done, to make this happen. Um, you know, you could look at the silver lining, I guess, of at least the Middle East gets to host soccer because there's clearly a lot of passion and money from that area that goes into soccer around the world. So, you know, they have every right as fans to to get this event and it's been really neat to see you know how they're represented um you know from the region and it's neat to see so far like saudi arabia getting an upset in the tournament um so i think it's important for like the middle east and the soccer influence in that region but at the same time then you hear about um okay so they're loosening some of the restrictions and laws in their country you know including like the way women can dress or you know alcohol in public and it's weird that at the last minute they pull the deal that they've had in place with Budweiser for so long to yeah. serve alcohol in stadiums, and then they just yank that right out. And I, and I think, you know, I'm sure there's some sort of lawsuit or penalty or payout that's going to happen as a result of, you know, I'm sure Qatar is well aware of, you know, what the punishment financially would be for that. But it's it's sort of that of, well, what else are we going to hear about? You know, if, if they can get away with that, what other things are they going to change their mind about in the last minute? And then you see like some of the living conditions there, but that's the, you know, but, but I mean, that's kind of the thing is that, you know, how, what are you going to do in a region like that where it's, you know, it's just very, uh, you know, you, you, there's no, 
no reason to build a lot of things that are going to be permanent there, right? Mm-hmm. There's only so many people that are going to be there, and I don't think they're looking to have, you know, tens to you know tens of millions more people move in, you know, after this event and make it a world class city. There's only so many people that can live there. So that's why there's a lot of like shipping containers. Like there's like a stadium made out of shipping co- containers. There's the shipping container dwellings, you know, that you can rent for like two hundred dollars a night. That's like got like a mini fridge and a toilet in it, you know, like. I, you know, it's it's weird, but it's it's interesting to see how, you know, Qatar, which is like the size of Indiana, um, you know, respond and build all these stadiums and and host this world class event. And in the early goings, the first week here, it's been great. It's it's been awesome, and uh, you know, fun tournament to watch. Um, and, and I think given the time of year where we are at with soccer in this era and especially like this close to the pandemic how that messed up everyone's rhythms i think we're going to see a really interesting outcome that's atypical of usual europe you know uh uh, world cups with europe and south america completely dominating i think you know it's going to be interesting to see moving forward these after we see what happens with mexico canada and the united states who's able to afford bids to get the World Cup. We've seen that in the IOC, they're begging countries to buy the Olympics, to host the Olympics. That's not the case for the World Cup. They're having people bid crazy. They're just, here's an envelope. Whoever has the highest bidder, we're gonna do another round and make sure that's an even higher bid than your last one. And that's where they're at. But before we get back to Paulie, cause there's so much that from his perspective, we could break down. I, I wanna get the, the general American sports fan view of it. And Devin, you know, you're the kind of uh, cat that goes to Philly to watch a game, whether it's the Eagles or, or the Phillies themselves, you'll go to, you'll go to Hawaii to watch the rainbows, the fighting warriors, you know, you, you're down for the, for the cause, but this, this time of year every four years a little excitement obviously because it's just a fervor of a such a huge sport and everybody getting excited about their ethnicity and their nationality and their heritage but heading into it because it was Qatar and what we know and you working at WCPT being so invested in basic human rights you know how your thoughts of the World Cup before we got into it and now that the games are actually being played I mean, before kind of just iffy, you know, I was happy for Paulie to let him out of his little cage. I got your keys right here in my pocket. If you can hear that jingle, don't get too crazy yet here. I mean, definitely kind of going into it with everything kind of going on with Qatar. I mean, it's definitely kind of like a sketchy subject here. But, you know, yeah, look at things like the All-Star Game. They moved that for voter rights to another state that had really bad voting rights. Like, we really... Politics and sports go hand in hand. As you've said before, Mercado, you mess people's sports, you're going to have a problem here. And the most general Americans, probably not so much like me, would be more mad. It's like, oh, we're, you know, can't have the World Cup here. And then they do the whole, I'm boycott and I'm never watching it again. And it's like, okay, name five soccer players that aren't Ariaga two, three, four, and five. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, definitely just, it's kind of nice seeing this because this reminds me of like that year Pokemon Go came out. I'm like, everyone is like reuniting again, putting all our differences aside just to enjoy the game of soccer, enjoy the World Cup. As I was telling Paul, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm not a big soccer fan, but I'll go out to a bar with some friends, you know, and watch a game you know games during the world cup i did that a few years ago and it's just definitely something kind of just an enjoyable time like even if you really don't fully know what's going on here i mean nowhere near as close as paul nowhere near as close as you i am as you said the general casual sports american fan i guess so it's, to speak it's not a hard sport to get into though mm-hmm. i mean it's just as simple as who scores you nope. know like exactly. it's, it's just that's why a lot of people say it's boring it's because all the time that's not done scoring but it makes the goal more exciting when when you see it happen well there's something too about international tournaments especially when it deals with countries 
where it is like the Olympics or it is uh, like the World Cup where it's easy to identify who you can root for. It's easy to find multiple people to root for, multiple teams, multiple storylines. And the World Cup has that magistry of if your grandmother is from Poland and your grandfather is from Mexico and your great aunt is from the Netherlands, you can root for all of them. And you have multiple interests. And we have to also keep it 100 that it's it's a gambling world now. People are able to gamble all these games. I was able to make a three-team parlay and, you know, fall flat in my face after Japan made sure that that happened. But it's it's one of those things where there's so much more vested interest. And I think it's interesting to see the 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 growth of it and who can actually host these things moving forward because there's something magical about America, the United States in particular, where it is a melting pot. So imagine that Poland-Mexico game at Soldier Field. Imagine almost anywhere in this country, but it's like, it's that idea. it won't be at Soldier Field. Of course not, but like it's that idea compared to Qatar where it's such a different type of destination point. Mm -hmm. And even Russia found a way to come out looking better the way they hosted their uh, World Cup compared to this. But it it, it all just, it's interesting how as we go on and it's so much more expensive to to host these things who can do it and we've seen it with like the, the them being told i forgot what team it was was it germany or that they couldn't wear their oh there's been a pro, few yeah with the the armband the armbands yeah. for yeah. for pro love you know mm-hmm. and pro, the pro lgbtq plus community and you know i i think that's that in itself there's so much intrigue that's going to go on moving forward after united states canada and mexico but paul what else has really piqued your interest? Not necessarily just, of course, you know, you're going to be breaking down the games and how the standings are working down as we move forward on this, but anything else has been catching your your attention, your your fervor as the, the first few games of group play have started? Uh, before I get to that, I wanted to uh, talk about 2030. You were talking about the, you know, the next bid is United States, Mexico, Canada, which is neat. The, the joint bid, they're yeah. allowing that. And, of course, 94 was a success with... United States, Mexico's hosted it twice, uh, 86, you know, that was a successful tournament. Now Canada is more of a a larger presence in the soccer world. Uh, 2030, though, they haven't named it yet, but the only bids that are kind of confirmed right now, uh, Morocco wants to do a solo bid, but then a joint one in South America of Uruguay, Argentina, Paraguay, and Chile. That'd be cool. Which could be cool. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Europe has Spain, Portugal, and Ukraine. I don't know how that works out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then um, there's an inter-confederation one that has Egypt, Greece, and Saudi Arabia. That one's kind of interesting, too. Yeah. This so, all sounds like... And, uh, and there's been interest from, you know, South Korea... Um, with it in association with either North Korea, Japan, or China, yeah, or all three, we'll, we'll that could be the, interesting. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll um, Australia and Indonesia, China, Cameroon, Tunisia, Algeria, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru. Some of those joint, some of those not. But we'll we'll see. I mean, we're we're far away from 2030 and them naming it, but it just gives you an idea of, like you were saying, people are kind of. Um, it, it's almost like the Olympics, where I think they're kind of begging for it, and one country alone can't really do it except for maybe the United States or England. But there's a problem with England, too, with some of the pitches that they have there aren't FIFA standards. So that's that's kind of why why you see new stadiums get built is because they need, like, the wider, you know, longer pitch. So, so one of the things that I've heard about the economics of the difference between the IOC and the Olympics coming into town compared to FIFA is especially if you're already considered quote unquote a world class city like a top tier city is chances are you already have a cathedral that can hold eighty thousand people. 
Mm-hmm. Los Angeles, Chicago, Kansas City, Houston. Like you just name all the cities, right? Like that have an NFL team. You have Aztec Stadium in Mexico. Toronto has mm-hmm. uh, where the Blue Jays play. Like yeah, there's Rogers pl- Center, yeah, yeah, there's plenty. Of, and that's where I think a lot of this interest comes. Where you're willing to pay more money. This is the the people who are who are spending it for the countries. We're willing to spend more money because the infrastructure is already built for us mm-hmm. when it comes to soccer. Compared to the Olympics, where we have to build a bobsled or we have to build yeah. this this thing. Where, or, and, or Qatar, where they have to build all these pop up stadiums. Exactly. There's no way that they need 12 world class stadiums in that tiny little country. So this is uh, I think conversation we keep coming back to as the Olympics keep going and as we could actually start seeing eliminations and. The standings really starting to to come together. I know as of this recording, Paul's going to have a, a very interesting opinion and thoughts on England, United States, how the 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 Spanish team looks, what it means for Argentina. There's going to be something I'm really uh, uh, proud of Paul and seeing him shine for the first time when it comes to World Cup on the sports cubicle. I think that's going to be really cool. But Devin, I want to give you your last chance of of this beginning stages of the World Cup. How are you feeling heading into the Thanksgiving weekend? I know we're full tilt in the NFL. We have baseball hot stuff coming right around the corner, but this is big time. There's some interesting games. United States may not win the whole thing, but they're in it, and they could have really used, I know Paul will talk about this, they really could have used those two points and not the split with Wales after that loss that we saw earlier, but uh, your thoughts in general for for heading into Thanksgiving weekend of the World Cup? I mean, for starts, I think the fact that we have a sports cubicle pool on the World Cup just makes it a lot more fun when yes. I can win some money off you guys here. I mean, we'll put that on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV, all the, uh, the way it all shakes down. As okay? of this recording, Mike's yeah. winning, but it could change. Thank you, Japan. Yeah. We all know Paul's going to blow it in the end somehow. <laughs> but just definitely, it's going to be nice, you know, Thanksgiving coming up, or I should say, you know, the, the holidays, you know, we're going to have a lot of football, good football games coming up, and I guess good football games coming up. Is that the way <laughs> we're pronouncing it here? Sure. Mercado, you probably know better football. than I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so definitely, it's just going to be, it's really cool the way of sports right now. we got so much going on. we got the World's Cup, we got uh, football, hockey, basketball. I mean, if you can't find a thing to watch on TV, I don't know what to tell you at this point here. Paulie, any final thoughts heading into Thanksgiving weekend? You'll be breaking it down, but anything to get the people hype uh, heading into such a fun weekend? Yeah, keeping an eye on the penalties. It's been really ticky-tacky, yeah. um, but at the same time, I love the offside. The VAR review will show you why, you know, like maybe the elbow was leaning over. So, I mean, I, I think you're getting a better explanation of the uh, penalties and why the penalties are happening. And, of course, it's a World Cup, so it should be kind of uh, officiated to the umpteenth degree. But I, I'm keeping an eye on that because I think it's been... Kind of ticky-tacky, but I think at the same time, the football gods have stepped in and uh, righted some of the wrongs, like that save Mexico had against Poland. I'm thankful that I've been able to do this show with you guys, to call you guys buddies. It's been a great uh, 2022 for the show, for all of us, and uh, I hope this is a great World Cup. Um, I hope everybody... For, I don't know if I speak for the three of us. I, I'm going to say I do. Hope everybody for thank you supporting us. That's what we're thankful for. And thank you for you guys. And uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. Polly, I, and Devin will be putting up our our picks, our predictions, and we'll be breaking down the World Cup, breaking down the Thanksgiving Day games in the NFL, and of course, what happens with Justin Fields and that bum shoulder. But until then, enjoy the World Cup. Enjoy the United States run in this tournament. For Devin Tingle, Paul Shavari, I'm Mike Mercado. We got a lot more here on the Sports Cubicle on WCPT 820 AM.